So I'm not a very active Facebook person. So if you've sent me a Facebook message or posted something and I didn't respond to it, I'm sorry. Okay? <laughs> if you do post something in future and I miss it, I'm sorry. But um, I did manage to friend a couple of people in Otsurin in the last couple of days. Uh, and I looked at it. I had like their profiles, the guys that accept, thanks for the guys that accepted my friend's request. <laughs> I now have a couple of friends. Um, and I'm absolutely blown away. I'm actually, I was completely wrong about Otsurin. Um, I thought the people in Otsurin are quite working. And I see on Facebook that they hardly ever work. Most of the guys hang out on the beach most of the time, or a lot of guys go hunting in Oturin. Um And your kids are incredible. They're always well-dressed. They just look perfect all the time. They have little halos of the sunshine through their hair. Every, I, I mean, I search for stuff on there that would give me like a different, but that's all I could see. Like everybody just has, you guys are, Everybody in Otsurin is just blessed beyond measure. Um, they go on holiday most of the time. It's, it's amazing. I, I didn't see any work photos. None. Um, I think Der Potgitter, he's maybe the only guy that does work. He had some photo of ostriches. But he wasn't working in the photo either. But Ah. So, so... Obviously, obviously that's not true, you know. Um, we don't live our lives in restaurants. Although, if I look at your Facebook profile, it would look that that's what you do. You only eat out. And you only have holiday. And that's the danger of Facebook and having Facebook-like friends is it's a misrepresentation of our lives. It's a one-sided presentation of our lives. So if you look at my Facebook profile, I'm constantly somewhere where it's snowing and, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it'll look like we've snow skied in the past, which we've never done. There's a photo of my boys on a mountain slope with snow up there holding skis with goggles. They have never snow skied. <laughs> and if they tried on that specific mountain, they would have died. <laughs> Because it's the Matrusberg and there's a kilometer drop, not far from where the photo was taken, and there was only about that much snow, like literally, and we positioned the camera to take a fake snow photo for the people in Cape Town. <laughs> it was the year that it didn't snow. So it's not, so yeah, I mean we, we also look perfect on Facebook with, uh, with perfect children. Are you guys perfect? <laughs> they think so. Okay, now you've opened yourself up to that. Last night, when we came home from the eldest training time, we were on a cloud. I don't know about you guys. We were absolutely on a cloud, and then we found my children who did not sleep the previous night. They went to youth, and then they watched a movie afterwards. And then they had lost two movies. Okay. Okay, that explains it. 
And then they had lost their personalities. Well, the nice part of it anyway. And uh, we got them into bed as quickly as possible. <laughs> it's like we have nothing to do with you right now. I did not post that on Facebook. Won't find it there. Um, and I don't have hundreds of friends, although on Facebook it seems so. And, and we do this. It's, I don't think it's wrong. So I'm not finding fault with that. It's natural for us to put our best foot forward. Like when, when you meet me for the first time, I'm not going to tell you about the worst thing I've ever done or that day that I've done. I'm going to be nice, as nice as I possibly can be. And that's okay. We all do that. We put our best foot forward. That doesn't build the real relationship though. So how would we get to know each other? How would you get to know who I am? How would I get to know who you are? Is when we spend time together. Over time, that skewed image of perfection will get corrected with some faults that I would make. And that hopefully you would make so I don't feel alone. And we would get a real balance of relationship starting to happen in our lives. And we would get to know each other. And that's very important to have a relationship. It, it needs to be an honest and real relationship. And uh, yeah, so the full truth type of thing. Now, on this, it's not in my notes, uh, I just want to say this. Also be careful of the people that you've known for all your life or for a long, long time that might have changed. Because people do change, especially in God's kingdom, we hopefully change a lot. So I want to just throw this little thing out. As we get to know each other, let's allow each other the space to make changes to our lives, like real changes. And let's also be willing to see each other sometimes just in a fresh perspective from time to time it's just a little thing that popped into my head is that the, the reverse could be true like you guys know each other so well you know the other person's mother's father's auntie was like that and that's why you are like that but sometimes we also need to give each other a break and say well what if God's changed a person so also have that in mind in friendship and relationship. And yeah, so if we go on a trip together, a road trip together, we'll get to know each other better. If we spend time in each other's cars and houses. So uh, yeah, just as an illustration, I've, we've, got a, we've got some very good friends that live in George, uh, a couple called Hein and Michelle Achenbach. I don't know if anybody knows Hein, you know Hein, you've met Hein and, and Michelle. So many years ago, and they're an awesome couple. They love Jesus, they enjoy in there. Um, they are just incredible. If you get the opportunity, no, when you get the opportunity, when they come and visit, please spend some time with them. They are awesome people to get to know. Uh, but many years ago, Michelle got saved and she moved into our house in Melpos and she lived with us for more than two years two almost three years and uh, I promise you I can tell you some stuff about Michelle uh, that I wouldn't share with you 
because I would only share those things with really close friends of hers or with her. Because Liesl and I had the opportunity to get her know, to know her really well. I can tell you that, I don't think she'll mind this, she used to live in her car because she worked far away and then everything would be in her car and I had to make a rule later on and say, like, you have to take your shoes out of the car because she would get into the car and take her shoes off and drive barefoot and then she'd leave her shoes in the, sh- in the car and next morning she'd put on different shoes and eventually she would have a heap of shoes under her chair and it was becoming dangerous. So there's a little thing. I, I know that if I look at Michelle's car back in the day, I could, know, I could, I could tell you how she was doing. Just inside her car, say, uh, she's not having a good time. We can talk. Or, oh, it's brilliant. No, she's doing well. <laughs> Literally. And there's something special about her. Um, we pray together in our house. We worship together. We cry together. We laugh together. We had good times and bad times that we shared. Likewise, uh, she could tell you some stories about us. That some of them, I hope that you're really good friends with us by the time she tells you those stories. <laughs> and I think she could tell you some stuff about me and, and about Liesl and myself and how, we, how we've grown and changed through the years. And... and how she would tell whether we are doing well or not well. Because we call her Mama Shella, because she's our kid's other mother, and uh, she knows my kids really well. Like, still, if she sees them, it's like, we, we, got, we got parents to little Mila, and I also have a son, Kian. So, Kian and, and Mila. Mila's very cute. Anyway, <laughs> why am I telling you all of this? Well, see, none of these things about us or about Heine and Michelle you would find on Facebook. You would have to spend time with them to find this out. You would have to actually get into their home, spend some time with them, or go on a road trip with them to actually get to know them, to build a relationship. It's not just friendship. It's relationship. And relationship in the kingdom is one of the key things that link us together. It's not a building. We don't own a building as Josh Jane. Um, it's not the fact that we have a name or banners or a website or something that makes us God's kingdom and God's children. It is because God's placed us together. So... Say again. I don't have a laptop today. See, now I can actually see my notes for a change. So, yeah, to experience their genuine love, friendliness, kindness, hospitality, they've got lots of that. Um, you have to experience it for yourself. A little bit like the Matrix. Huh? Like the Matrix. You can't, I can't tell you about the Matrix. You have to experience it for yourself. You have to get into it to know what it is. So, in John 13, verse 35, it says, 
By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, John 13 is where Jesus is really saying bye to his disciples. It's the last meal. Um, Judas had just left. So it's him and 11 disciples, and he's saying this to them. Like, by this all people. This is just before that scripture that, that Mike preached on last week. Where after this, beat, he said, I'm going away, but by this, people will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And just all this, Peter goes, but where are you going, Jesus? And then that all unfolds. So to have love for one another, we have to have relationship with one another. So God's people have to build relationship. And how would we get there? Well, Josh Jen is a saying. I think you all know it. It is. What's in my fridge is yours, and what's in your fridge, for most people, more importantly, is mine. So, I don't know about Jan Oetzeren, but in Cape Town, many people have two fridges. Just want to warn you about that. If you go visit them, go to their garage. All the nice stuff is in the garage fridge. So, there's no disclaimer of only one of my fridges. So, when you get hosted in Cape Town for the next 412 conference, go to the garage. And open that fridge up. <laughs> they have given the contents to you. But again, you know what? I'm not going to come into your house the very first day that I walk in there and open your fridge. That'll be a little bit presumptuous, I think. But so at what point would the contents of your fridge be mine and mine yours? When we're family. And that is really where we should be going. That is the picture that God has for us as a congregation, as people of God, is that we would be, I know by now that I would, I've made coffee with Bernard's coffee machine for people, and I've taken the milk out of his fridge like it's mine and gave it away to somebody else. Thanks. <laughs> um, and that is really, do I... Do I or anybody expect that we're all going to be like that? I don't think it's feasible. Especially when God adds to our number. Acts 2.42 it says, And he added to their number daily those who were being saved. 3,000 people in Jerusalem got saved one day. They didn't all share their lounges. It wouldn't have worked. But we should have relationships inside the body like that. And if you have none like that, we need to look at that. We need to go, wait, wait a minute. So, And it, it's easy to point the finger at other people. This is also not in my notes. <laughs> it is easy to point the finger to other people and say, but they are not friendly. And they don't include me. Um, in Cape Town, it's very often said about Malpos that Malpos is clicky. We never experienced Malpos as clicky as a family because... Um, Friendship takes time to form, one, and two, just invite yourself. Like, hey, what are you doing for a braai? Are you, what are you doing? Are you going surfing? I wasn't the biggest surfer, but if I wanted to spend time with, with uh, Ivan, I would, I would go to the beach and hang out with him at the beach. And maybe 
sometimes they would give me a surfboard or something and I'll fall off and like look stupid. And that's fun. You know, it was a lot of fun. So, and if you're in Melbourne, look Ivan up. You always have spare paddle boards for you to look silly on. Yeah. And he is your family. You can do that. So, how will we get there? How are we going to get into each other's kitchens and spend time with one another and truly give you the contents of my fridge? Well, there are a couple of tools. So, maybe this. Um, you, you might sit here and say, well, you know what? We are not like that. Or that's not how, that's not how our normal environment here works. Like, Oatsuren is a little bit different to Malpos Davi. It's not where you came from. Or, you know what, Cape Town works like that, or this, but here we're a little bit more private. You know? In the old days, I know, people had a pastor's lounge. That was the lounge that was reserved for when the pastor came to collect money. And then that's where the pastor sits, and then he's not allowed in the rest of the house. I hope it's not like that anymore. <laughs> I hope we've, we've gone past the lounge into the kitchen. But, you know, not just me. Everybody here should be allowed past the pastor's lounge into the kitchen and sit there and have some biscuits or on the back porch. I spent some time with Avia in the week and we did make it through the kitchen all the way and to the back porch. And, and the coffee was nice. <laughs> but um, on that I mean I wasn't always like that I'm a lot more introverted than I seem and a lot of my extrovertedness is learned behavior is, or changed behavior maybe because God didn't call me to stay the way I was he, he wants me to be more and more like Jesus so that means I need to change. And scary thought, you need to change. Because God wants to change you into the image of Christ. Now, it doesn't mean we're all going to become, become the same person. You're not all of a sudden, if you're more inclined towards being a bit of a loner, you're not going to be the, the biggest out there person but you're going to step a little bit into something that you're not having and bring balance. And just, by the way, the guys that are really out there, well, maybe sometimes they're going to be a little bit more in their shell and give the other people the opportunity to, to be there. But what changed me? Well, I'll tell you a little story. <laughs> so years ago... Like really years ago, um, Andrew asked me. Oh, we were invited to a wedding. That's how it worked. And back then, hundreds of people could go to a wedding. Um, and it was a couple. They got married in a little chapel outside of Stillbay. And I think Emma was sick, and you were pregnant. Benjamin was a week old. So Benjamin was a week old. Emma was sick. And Andrew phoned me up and said, listen, I hear you guys have been invited uh, to the wedding. Emma can't go. 
and I've got to get back to Cape Town to preach the next day. So would it be possible for you to drive with me and then you bring, the, bring me back? I mean, it is after the wedding, we're going to call it, uh, and then we drive back, and then you can drive and I can sleep. And then, because the next morning I've got to be preaching again. And I said, yeah, it's time to spend with Andrew. Like, everybody should say yes. Don't even think about it. Cancel your job later. It's like, just do it. Just say yes. So, got into the car with Andrew, drove, and he just let me talk. And I just filled the space with empty words. And then I started, he started asking me a couple of questions. And uh, I went on and on and on. And eventually, and we, were, we weren't in Justin that long by then. Well, it was actually quite long. If you think Benjamin Michael was born, it was about seven years. Wow. Goodness. That puts a different perspective on this. Okay. Three years. Okay. Phew. <laughs> I was going to seven years in, and this happened. Anyway, <laughs> three years in. Much better. Three years in, and Andrew asked me a question, and I said, oh, you know, Andrew, um, Liesl and I have a philosophy in life. Uh, we don't like complication. You know, things become complicated. We just we walk away from that. So in our relationship, when things become a bit complicated, you know what, we... We, we don't go into that area, you know. Complication is just, we don't need that in our lives. We've got enough stuff on our plates with work and stuff. And then with people as well, you know. With complicated people, we just don't go there. Like, don't go into the complication of things. And Andrew was quiet for a long time, and I was driving. And I, I still blame him for this. And, <laughs> and he said... Darby, you know what? Um, you just, you're going to just forget about that thing. You're going to have to give up. And I went, on what? And he said, no, on your life philosophy. So, so what do you mean? It's working for us. He says, no, it's not working. I said, what do you mean it's not working? He said, can I just give you a little hint? You are complicated. And your wife, she's complicated. And your relationship, guess what? It's complicated. And every single person you meet is complicated. And if you keep on going on that life philosophy, you know what? You're going to walk away from life itself. And you will have shallow relationship with your wife, with your kids, and everybody around you. This is not going to work out well for you. And I was like, oh, I knew he was right. <laughs> so I got home and we spoke about it. And we were like, ah, oh, okay. And we changed. Right there, we changed. We went, okay, you know what? We're going to delve into stuff. We're going to talk about some uncomfortable things. We're going to sort out some things in our relationship that we did not up to that point. All of a sudden, all of it, like, there they were. All the, all the stuff that we had repressed. And I'm telling you that story because we all have little things that we've decided we're going to do. And you should be willing to go, but what does God say? What if the Holy Spirit comes in and says, like that? Because it wasn't Andrew, it was 
actually God speaking to me and saving me and helping me out. So what tools do we have to build these relationships? Facebook. (laughs) It's a tool. There's some friends of mine in faraway countries and I keep up with them because they're on Facebook and I once a year, two, twice a year, I see, well, it's so-and-so's birthday and uh, I could wish them happy birthday. It was Adam Helio's birthday last night. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> Facebook reminded me. So it could be a good tool. My kids during lockdown used WhatsApp. Um, before that, they weren't allowed on WhatsApp. Um, and a little disclaimer, I read my kids' WhatsApps. They know that. At any point in time, I go, okay, give me your phone. I wish we could have a share WhatsApp thing that I could have it on my phone. Um, but they know. I, I want them to know that I read it. And I, they tell their friends, listen, my, my parents read our WhatsApps. And most of their friends' parents read their WhatsApps as well. So um, why? Well, just help for the parents. I wouldn't have given them WhatsApp. And then somebody said to me, but listen, don't you want to give it to them while they're in your house? Well, you can still help them communicate better and get through some pitfalls. So that's why I was, oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) And uh, it's amazing. It's been a great tool. And I've seen them use that as a tool to build relationship with people and to maintain relationship with friends that were far away. No, they're not that far. (laughs) Marcel Bay and George, not that far. But you keep on connecting with people in Somerset West and Melbourne and wherever, Durbanville. Um, So those are tools, and they'll help. But nothing beats spending time together face-to-face. Those things are, are help, helping tools. And what do we have in the kingdom other than that? And here's the, the real thing. We call it community. Community is our one, one of our very powerful tools in the, in the kingdom. Now, I'm not talking about a Wednesday night. That's what you thought of. Uh, community was Wednesday night. Community is the way we live. Community is the bigger relationship that we all have with one another. That's community. So we do have this thing in church where we change the meaning of words. So we talk about community on Wednesday, and then community becomes a Wednesday meeting. That's not what the word means. The word community, we need to live community like the word was originally in the dictionary meaning that we interact, that we form part of a whole, that we're in each other's lives, that we care for one another, love one another, and that we help one another. So that would be community. Wednesday meeting is a, is a nice part of it. It's like a scaffold. So why do we have Wednesday community meetings? Anybody? Because we're busy. And we just need to put something in our diary where we're going to spend some time together. And 
What should we do on a Wednesday evening? Well, sometimes have a braai. Sometimes just chat. Sometimes hang out. Always have God present. Like he should be in our lives anyway, all the time. Pray together. Share our hopes, our dreams, our challenges. Worship together. Laugh, cry, and hang out together. That's, that's what it's for. It's an amazing part of what we can do. So, during the tithes and offerings, I said we should look around and see in our communities, so like who's not here. We could also do that on a Wednesday and see who's not there. So there's an analogy that the the guys often use. You might have heard this. And that is, if we have supper tonight and uh, Nathan, (laughs) Nathan does not appear. So he's not at the table. Um, So what would we do? What would the parent do? Well, Nathan, where are you? So Nathan doesn't answer. So we walk to Nathan's room, and he's lying on the bed. Okay, that's fine, he's sleeping. Let's go eat. So later on, we make some coffee, and we, we're hanging around, and we're going to watch a movie, and everybody's there. Nathan's not there. It's like, oh, Nathan. Uh, Nathan's not there. Walk to his room. He's still lying on the bed. Exactly the way he was. It's fine. So tomorrow morning, school starts. We have homeschooling. And it starts breakfast. Everybody's there. Nathan's not there. We walk to his room and we open his door. He's still lying in his bed just where he was. Well, that's fine. It's cool. And we go on with our day. Does it sound like a good idea? Or would I walk to his room on the very first time and go, it's odd, it's six o'clock at night, why is he sleeping? Hey, Nate, Nate are you okay? Come, we're going to eat. No, I'm not hungry. It's definitely what's going to come out. <laughs> it's like, come, no, we're going to eat. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not hungry. Yeah, because you ate sweets, but we, we are going to eat and I'm going to give you a little bit of food. And you need to come and eat with us. Why? Because I love you. And I care for you. And I want you to spend time with me. And in our house, supper is an important time when the family spends time together and we see each other and we can talk. And that is why we need to reach out to those that we see that are not participating in community. It's not too condemn them not to tell them well, you could tell them they missed out big time last week because Mike Davies preached but and it helps it's like dude you went to your mates and mom made your favorite pudding ha oh. <laughs> you missed out don't go away again we can do that but um, it's because we love one another that we want to see people included and in community and 
that is something that, that I, coming into this congregation, have definitely seen that there's a lack of. Not community meeting on Wednesday, per se, although they would be a very good measurement, won't it be? Like, if, if somebody has to measure the health, like one of the things would be how many people come on Sunday and how many people go to community on a Wednesday. Those are the easy measurables to say, is a congregation okay? What's worship like? Worship's been awesome. That's another one. What's prayer like? When we pray together, are we all praying? What's the life like in our congregation? And I think if I have to measure it at the moment, our communities are not where it could be. And it, if we leave it, just like anything else, we could die. And not the congregation could die. We could die. I need community. You need community. The community of the saints. So there's a scripture that says, it's in Psalms 68. It says, God sets the lonely in families. And that is really what God does. He doesn't make us friends. He makes us family. So family is a thing that's much deeper than friendship. God doesn't make the lonely friends. He makes us family. And that's what we should become. We should become family. So this morning, if you... Ah, the thing that we spoke about at the beginning. Sorry. To help in becoming more family... I've come up with a cunning plan. <laughs> and that is, we've got a thing called, I don't know if you know, if you've ever done this, but we call it, look who's for dinner. Ah, the kids like it. Look who's for dinner. Do you know how that works? You know? Okay, great. So, look who's for dinner is this. Some people have the ability to host. So, some people go, listen, people can come have supper at my place. It doesn't mean you have money to feed hordes of people. It means you have a table with chairs. Or maybe you don't have a table with chairs. Maybe you have a lounge with a coffee table, but you have plates. Maybe you don't have plates. But somebody else can bring extra plates. How's that? So if you're single and you're living in a one-bedroom flat... Maybe with COVID regulations, you shouldn't host. <laughs> In the past, I would have said you can. <laughs> you can host one other person of the same, same gender. Yes, that's how we work. If you have a house with a big dining table, then you can host many people. Maybe you don't have the budget. That's also okay. Or, you know what? If you feel that you are not part of God's household and you're not part of his children, then God really wants to put the lonely into family. That is, that is really, that is why God sent his son to die for us. Because we were, we were not part of his family. We couldn't be part of his family. There was no way for us to be part of God's family. And 
God's heart is for each and every person to be belong and be part of his family. For no lonely people inside his family. So, yeah. John, come here. <laughs> and uh, that's really what God wants to do. He wants each one of you to be part of his family and not lonely. And more than that, because it's that saying that I might be preaching to the choir, you know, because you guys are, yeah. But there are some lonely people out there. There are some people that are not part of the family. And like I said with Nathan, if he was not at the dining room table, I would go after him. And I would like you to look around, like look at who's not here and go, you know what, I'm going to phone that person. I have a relationship with so-and-so. And maybe they're going to say, hey, I did let Bernard know that we couldn't come because we didn't feel so well. And that's okay. It's the way in which we reach out that either makes people feel loved or condemned. And if we do condemned, then we missed the plot. And if somebody reacts when you contact them, because they might, that's also okay. 